We are live from the Edison Hotel. Times Square Chronicles presents. I'm Susanna Bowling, and I am so excited about this week's podcast. It is Women Entrepreneurs Empowering Women, and I have four of the most exciting women in New York right now. We have Shawnee Gross. <laughs> She is a fashion designer who you can and an artist who you can see on newscasters, celebrities, and fashionistas all over New York City. Yeah. She just had a fashion show that was called Saltburn Midsummer Night's Dream that was spectacular. Next to her is the amazing Dee Rivera who started Times Square Fashion Week, Hampton Fashion Week, and she also has clients that are wellness she has one client that i'm amazed with they did 5g spray and 5g clothing if you don't know this is something that you need to get we have next to me daniela reginato she's married to peter reginato the artist but she is in her own right a model a fashion designer uh where's your purse this is one of hers um the shoes uh, she creates artwork, and next to her is the amazing Jane Alyssa. I have her jacket on right now. She creates luggage for Broadway, um, shirts for Broadway, jackets for Broadway. Um, she uses collage in those things. We are going to learn how all these women got started and how they can help empower you. Shawnee, how did you start? Um, I started my company really as a trade. I was working for a brand and another brand came to me and wanted me to work for them. And um, I sat in a very large conference room when I was very young and I suggested to them that um, if they were to start and finance my own label, then I would come work for them. And um, 24 hours later, they called me and they said, um, it's a deal, and um, here we are, many wow. years later. <laughs> One of the things I love most about your fashion is that in some of your fashion, you include shapewear. So no matter who's wearing your clothing, they look amazing. Exactly. So women always want to look good, they want to feel good, and you know, those are some of the tailoring tricks that we use to help a woman look her best. But you managed to do that. Name some of the people that you clothe and make look amazing. Well, we work with many people. Some we can talk about and some we can't. But I do work with a lot of celebrities that you do see on TV, women in media. We work a lot with movies. We dress characters for different TV shows um, and movies. And a lot of people that you would notice we dress. Well, I know one of her clients is Rita Crosby because she's a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. So Rita's definitely one of them. D. Yeah. Times Square Fashion Week. Yes. How did you decide to do a Times Square Fashion Week? Um, well, I'm a native New Yorker, uh, born and raised here my whole life. And I was just passing by Times Square. And I had a vision at the Red Stairs at Duffy Square. Mm. I took a picture of it four years ago. And I posted on Instagram, get ready. Um, fast forward, we did a light pilot with CoverGirl. There used to be a CoverGirl uh, superstore. Oh, yeah, I remember that. In Times Square, so we partnered with them. And then fast forward, 
we've been, we've been able to um, produce a full fashion show at Duffy Square every year with the mayor, with the uh, Manhattan Borough President. Uh, we've had designers from all around the world, and we just keep getting bigger. Um, we actually were one of the very only shows during COVID. Um, nope, everybody canceled their show. Of course. And we did uh, a show. It was crazy because there was nobody in the street, but we did the twi- the six feet apart chairs. I mean, it's, in t- it's at uh, the Times Square uh, Fashion Week Instagram. But that was, to me, momentous. Like, I was just like, wow, we were able to do this without anybody getting COVID. Everybody was masked. I mean, it was really strict at the time. But we were able to do that. And I can honestly say that was one of my proudest moments. And how did you start in the business? I come from a fashion editor background. So I was the first fashion director for Latina Magazine. I worked at Essence. I worked at Modern Bride. Um, Then from there, I went to PR. I worked with a couple PR companies. I was really good at it. I really did not plan to be an entrepreneur. I really didn't think I had that bug in me. Um, And I did, like I'm a monster, right? And so (laughs) I didn't know that I had that, but it it fell in my lap by mistake, to be honest. And so I started doing PR and I was really good at it. And just people came to me. I didn't have to advertise. I didn't have to, it was word of mouth. We're going to get back to some of the things okay. you just said because sure. there, there are things I want to bring up later. Daniela, how did you get started and what is your passion? Well, thanks for having me, Susanna. What a great team here. How did I get started? I came to the U.S. from quite oppressed society. So when I started in New York, I was literally a sponge. And I always loved being surrounded by creativity and almost I would say extreme passion so I started in modeling as a runway model Um, I just wound up there and uh, people I've met as I said were incredibly infectious with their talents and uh, in 2014 there was something that spoke to me I always had the vision of bridging different media, um, clothing and art, poetry, philanthropy, and I had the opportunity to bring all these elements under one roof. It was quite successful and I was very lucky to attract very talented, uh, some undiscovered, some discovered um, artists, designers, um, speakers, philanthropists. And we gave them a platform to really convey the story, creativity, so on and so forth. So back in 2014, we've started our first wearable art piece, which obviously has been around for quite a while, but um, I think commercially it became quite a conversation. And we kept busy ever since then. And I feel very fortunate to have met and you know, cross paths with so many creatives from pretty much around the world. So, yes. Thank you. Jane. <laughs> Jane Alyssa is the shyest person ever, and I conned her into being on this show. Jane, how did you get started? Um, just to say that I was um, growing, when I grew up, I was a theater and artist and English. I had some gifts. And I knew in ninth grade, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I saw everybody who loved to be on stage, and I said, that's not me. 
And so I went to my mother and I said, this is not for me. And what else am I going to do? And fast forward many, many, many zillions of years, I started doing art a little bit. My parents were against it. And then in 1985, uh, oh, we started a wholesale business uh, before that. And I don't know, by accident, I painted over Stainshaw. And next thing I knew, I was in business. I know nothing about business. It was very difficult to figure it all out. And then in 1985, my mother was diagnosed with leukemia. And I had a lot of celebrity clients because I do very sort of fashion-oriented things. And uh, I ended up deciding to put on a fashion show to raise money for leukemia research. And five years later, I met um, the head of the Marriott Hotel because somebody recommended that I go there to do my benefit in 1989 and I go and I meet him and I talk to him all about my leukemia benefit and he says all right we're going to give you the room you, you're not going to have to pay and then he takes me all through the hotel and I am wearing poochie pants a big silly top and he's dressed in this gorgeous suit and I'm thinking what is he thinking you know what he ends up taking me downstairs shows me a store and he says do you want a shop in this hotel Next thing I know, I have a shop in the Marriott. It changed my life. So, I want to stop you there yes. because one of the most amazing things about all of these women is they give back. Philanthropy is all a part of their who they are. We're going to start Rashani. Talk about your philanthropy. So some of the things that you know our company works on is because we work so much in television, there are so many anchor women that are just getting started on TV and they're on TV every day, but they don't yet have the salaries that they're able to afford wardrobes. So we do offer um, anyone new starting out in television that they you know, can come to us and we lend them dresses and we lend them things that help them go on air. And then they get all kinds of unsolicited advice from me too. So that's one of the things that we do. <laughs> and Dee, yeah, I, I love Shawnee's advice. <laughs> We're friends, and she's always giving me unsolicited advice. I take it because she has really good ideas, by the way. <laughs> but you also give back, and I know you do. Yes, I'm, I do a lot of unsolicited advice as well. However, um, I do uh, work with the Ellen Hermanson Foundation in the Hamptons. So Why I serve that? on the board. It's for breast cancer, um, and they do a lot of amazing work with the Southampton Hospital. Um, I love pets. I work with the globalstrays.org. We're actually doing... Uh, international, a national pet day with pet owners and pet influencers in New York City, April 13th. Um, so, and also, I really try to do one person at a time. I think, you know, when you live in New York, you become numb to the needs around you and Absolutely. you just become cynical. And so you really have to practice presence and like what's around you and try to meet needs if you can, if you're able to. I think that's important whether you're on the subway, whether you're, you're on the street. Um, you know, we live in a, in a country that's very entitled, and entitlement could be a disadvantage if you don't use it wisely. I agree. Daniela, I know that you give back, and you give back to your country and to other things. Yes, I mean, to follow up the beautiful statement of both of you ladies, it's you. quite remarkable. Kindness is definitely the newest, most beautiful accessory that we can have Absolutely. and share. But yes, growing up in Eastern Europe, I've seen harsh treatment of 
children when I was a child of someone who does not look exactly like you. And when I came to the U.S., it made me more sensitive to see the difference between uh, privilege and lack and so on and so forth. So the objective that I have been focusing on is to shed a light on less fortunate and children, obviously, since they are the future. Um, I believe they do deserve the basics and, and justice. I didn't think I was going to go here today, but <laughs> one of my best friends is actually from Eastern Europe. Okay. And her parents, because she's a girl, consider her chattel. She was raised to take care of her parents. Literally, they locked her in a room at 30 because she wasn't going to follow their rules. And she, they had brought her to America. I mean, so this still goes on. That's quite extreme, and I cannot speak on it's that. Crazy. That's That's abuse. Yeah, it is Anybody's abuse. standards, but I'm sort of more focused. I've been working with the U.S. Department of State and the United Nations for quite some time, and these conversations can be so deep and so lengthy, but the objective is really to shed a light that there is so much injustice and, and children are, it's, it's a little heartbreaking to really go into the details, but just basics as education and, and safety and, and proper nutrition would be. Well, I just think it's important that we each have our own charity, that we we don't all have to belong to the same charity, but if everybody has a charity and gives back, we're giving to the world and we're creating that cycle of giving. Yes, it's Indeed. definitely a mindset. Okay, so COVID. In New York City, we were living our nightmare, at least I was, and I'm a very social person and I always needed the outside stimulation and the scariest thing for me was to take the trip inward. So uh, I think my mental support system um, kind of diminished quite a bit. Um, however, I think it was very strengthening for me. And then I had to face my demons, my fears. Uh, I survived. Um, and then for me, what I took out of this whole challenging situation was there was sort of uh, elimination of what's important and what is less important. Mm -hmm. And um, I grew much closer to my husband. Him being an artist, he really thinks outside of the box. And me coming from quite structured background, I was able to sort of let go of these past, I would say inhibitions and, and way of thinking and get more into creative ways. So for us, Beautiful art was created. Uh, we actually reached out to more people. Um, and I feel ultimately that art was very healing for so many, especially colors and, and color therapy. I've seen my close friends were becoming obsessed with things he was creating, I was creating, and we are still keeping in touch and they are I mean, my friends are still enriching their collections, and so it's benefiting both parties. I don't think COVID was, for me, COVID was not that bad. I actually liked COVID because, no, I'm not kidding, I did. But not, not the disease, but the fact that we had to go back and look at our lives. I think they were getting 
out of control. I think that we were becoming desensitized. I think that we were becoming very me, me, me orientated. And this made you go, huh, others. And you started to respect them. I know that, D, you brought back Times Square Fashion Week during that time. But how else did, what else did you do during COVID? So, you know, when COVID happened, I'm one of those people that don't panic. I'm really one of those people. I, I take a step back. And I think, okay, like I try to think solution. I don't know where, it's like I'm like a Navy SEAL. Like (laughs) my my dad is military and so I was always trained not to panic. And so I didn't panic. However, I thought, okay, now what am I gonna do with my business? Because we were doing digital marketing before it became a big thing. And I just went straight for that. I started doing a lot of Zoom events. I started like, and then it became a thing, right? But we started thinking outside the box. Like, how can I serve my clients? How can I serve my friends? I had a birthday party on Zoom with all my friends. Oh, fun. I did a Christmas party on Zoom. Like, I just used Zoom. Like, there was no tomorrow. I used Facebook Live a lot. Um, and also, I think what COVID did was, it, you know, obviously it made people take a step back and reevaluate their lives, their businesses, their relationships. Yeah. God bless you, your marriage survived. Some marriages didn't, you know, because it brought it brought everything to the surface. So you either thrived, you either survived, or you just, it, it, it was just too much because it really brought out everything to the surface. And um, I'm just grateful that I was able to have really great friends and family that stood around me. I prayed a lot, Same. you know, because I lost a lot of family members and, yeah, um, I didn't mean like COVID. Oh, right, no, 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 no. What I'm saying <laughs> is that I'm very grateful because I think um, it just put a reset in right. life for many people. Shawnee. <laughs> COVID. What was that like for you? That's like a loaded question. I'm not really sure you well, want to ask I, that question. No, because I know a little bit about this. Yeah, so COVID for me was definitely a very, very stressful time. I should have come over to your house because in my house, it didn't look anything like any of your houses. I was tired. I needed to sleep. <laughs> um, let's see. Within the first two weeks of COVID hitting, um, I got phone calls from every one of the department stores and stores that we work with, not only canceling their orders for, um, for the coming weeks, but literally canceling business for the coming year. Um, so for me, that was really scary. I had merchandise on airplanes coming into this co- country. Um, I had a warehouse in New Jersey filled with our merchandise. I had a showroom in Midtown Manhattan, um, which was not a cheap showroom. Um, and I had a bunch of employees that, you know, now what do we do? Um, so COVID was a very, very challenging time. Um, you know, in that respect, it was sad for, for me. We had to let go of a lot of, you know, a lot of people. Um, but it did on the flip side, you know, I guess it was the longest vacation of my life. So um, on the flip side, that part was good. And I got to do many things that, you know, I didn't get to do because I had a very packed schedule you know, for many years that all of a sudden I realized I'm a good cook and I'm a good eater. Um, <laughs> I realized that. Um, I also painted a lot. And that was for me, you know, that was very, that was my therapy during COVID. And, you know, now everyone's appreciating the art, but it really came from a very tough time. And so. you made it sparkle. Yeah, my art has Swarovski crystals in it. So everything Beautiful. sparkles. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think part of the sparkle was because for me it was a dark time and that was a little bit of a way, that was like my escapism, so. Mm. Hey. Yeah. I, I need it if everything else wasn't sparkling. Sparkle, so exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if everything wasn't sparkling, my art was going to sparkle. Yes. I want to make. I want to make sure before we run out of time, that we talk about what would advice would you give to women to empower them to become their own selves and their own entrepreneurs. I guess the first advice I would say is, you know, follow your dreams and don't listen to the naysayers because you're going to hit a lot of those um, people who maybe don't believe in your dreams, but it doesn't matter because they're your dreams, not their dreams. Um, so that would be the first thing I would say. The second thing is that, you know, especially when you have your own business, there are a lot of highs and lows and, you know, good times and tough times and to really maybe not take the, you know, not, not take the big times and let that go to your head, the high times, don't let that go to your head and don't let the tough times go to your heart and just follow your dreams. Amen. I love that. Yeah. Amen, sister. Um, I have three um, one is, I, I wrote a book called Knocking Down Walls and Heels. You can find it on Amazon. My but, kind of Yes. yes. <laughs> um, not but mine. one of the advices, the advice that I gave, and we have a t-shirt, is do not shrink to fit. So, you know, do not allow yourself to shrink because you want approval. Do not allow yourself to shrink because you don't want to cause any issues or problems. Not everybody's going to like you, and that's okay, and you got to be okay with that. You don't need to have, even if it's four people that are your best friends and your core people, which is my second point, surround yourself with people who support you, who are reciprocal in supporting, that it's a give and take. It's not like take, take, take. I call those people chupacabras, <laughs> which are like they suck the life out of you, but they don't give anything back. You do not want those people around you. Um, I also uh, want to say that, you know, do not believe your own hype because you're gonna get like all these accolades and then next people forget about what you did yesterday <laughs> so you could get all the press all the whatever's right and then the next day is like uh okay what's next right like who are you so don't let it get to your head because it really helps you to stay grounded and humble and humility is very key in life and in business. I must say that. I would agree. Not many people are humble. I'm going to answer this question before I pass it on to Daniela. Um, I think that every time you think that there's an accident, it's not. It's a place of moving you forward. Um, if It's kind of like uh, the baseball game. If you think it, they will come. Everything that I have done has been because of an accident. Mm. Everything. <laughs> um, I'm kind of like the book of Job. But instead of wallowing in that, I tend to think of how can I make something out of it. Um, and I think that we all need to do that. Daniela? Well, again, it's tough to follow these beautiful words of wisdom from all of you ladies. But for me personally, I mean... I'd like to take my own advice before I give it. So throughout all these years, I had so many highs and lows, and I can attest to everything that you're saying. But currently, after coming out of the uh, pandemic and different mindset, uh, for me, usually importance is, folk, is put on balance. Mm. Um, I used to give too much fem uh, masculine energy, creativity, go, 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 and then be 
sort of felt so much, so balancing between masculine and feminine. And then your heart is saying one thing and your brain is saying another thing. So again, find this fine balance between both voices and mostly being authentic. But wait, I have a question. Do say. Why do you see that as masculine energy? Well, masculine meaning creativity. I mean, that's what it is. Go yeah, feminine too. No, but feminine, it's sort of more feeling and processing. Mm. So I'm coming from that aspect. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying just wearing a pants making you masculine. That's what you put out. Correct. Ah, yes. got it. Yes, it's all more about energy and feeling and that's where I'm coming from and that's what I'm trying to focus on, balancing all these. I think we're put wow. into a box so many times that this is masculine, this is feminine, this is how you're supposed to be, this is what you're supposed to do. Correct. I'm not good at the box. No, no. I'm, since <laughs> I came out all. of the box, I'm pretty good outside of the box as well, yes. And Jane Melissa. <laughs> So I, I just want to say something quickly, um, that during, um, I'd been with somebody for 21 years and he got, ended up, he was ill for a long time, he ended up getting a heart transplant right at the beginning, in, I think it was September of that year, 19, I mean tw 2018 I think it was, 2019. And we goes, he goes into the hospital, he had the heart transplant, and we're, it's just wonderful, and then he gets an illness and at that time they did not know it was COVID and he dies three months later so for me the whole COVID situation was very difficult I ended up sitting in my house because we all got we, we couldn't work right and so I sat in my house I played the piano I hadn't played in years and I wrote another book and that saved me literally pushing myself forward and then, luckily for me, I met two producers of Broadway shows, and they ordered artwork, and that saved me and pushed me forward. So you never know, out of tragedy and a lot of pain, just unending pain for a couple of years, I then started to do my benefit again, and now my artwork is out there again. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Okay, you're going first again. <laughs> Love you. We have to conclude this, even though I don't want to. All right. But what would you like our audience to know about what you're doing? What projects do you want them to know about? That's a tough question for me because I'm still going through changes in my life. I'm doing a lot of artwork. I'm doing a lot of work with uh, theater people. And um, I'm finishing writing that book that I started. And I'm um, doing, uh, everybody takes hats off my head. So we do something called Hats for Health. This is 30 years old. And people see me on the street and they want the hat. So we're, go we're gonna stay with the hats and go forward. And jackets and whatever, and Broadway things. <laughs> Broadway thing. I love Broadway. That's amazing. Daniela, what would you like people to know about what you're doing, what's next? Well, I'm a team player, so a lot of um, emphasis is on my husband's work, American abstract artist Peter Reginado, and then I made his talent sort of uh, translate into shoes and scarves and all different um, articles of fashion, so, and creating DZ Zone NYC, um, yeah, just um, sharing the color scheme everywhere. <laughs> D, what would you like people to know of what's next for you? She needs a whole other thing. I know. I know. She, oh, my God, I don't know. You know, it's so crazy because <laughs> oh I'm thrilled that 
everyone's here today, but honestly, they're all shows in themselves. I'm like, what's next? Okay, <laughs> uh, I was just telling you, sharing with Shawnee that in the, in the next five years, there is an exit strategy. I do want to sell my businesses, and then I want to be a speaker uh, to, buy it. to empower yeah. women. Um, so I'm working on my TED Talk, but I do want to empower women because I'm really good at that. And I really want to share and kind of pour into women's lives and help them with their self-esteem, help them to empower them, and help them to reach what I was able to, to get to in life. Um, and then I'm going to Milan. I'm working on Milan Fashion Week, so I partnered with them. And so we're working a couple things uh, this year. And I just have to say I'm really grateful to Dee because she was supposed to fly out at 3 o'clock today, and she postponed it to be on this show. It's so really I'm very, I'm very grateful. <laughs> Shawnee, worked out. <laughs> what's next for you? Um, well, I'm going to continue making amazing dresses. Yes. Um, I have a fine jewelry line that is launching this year, as well as um, my first art show. So I'm going to keep painting, and I'm going to keep making fabulous friends like all of you. Thank you. I am so grateful that we were live at the Edison Times Square Chronicles Presents. I want to thank Magda Katz for videoing this and always being on my side. If you're going to be a woman that's an entrepreneur, you need people on your side. I would like to thank Ramel Gopez, who made Edison Hotel possible. Um, I'm very blessed with the people that are in my life, as you can tell. Um, I look forward to having you in our next show. Um, thank you, Errol. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Quinn. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you all, and we look forward to you next at Live from the Edison Hotel, Times Square Chronicles Presents.